Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the Sikhcast. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. I am here with our Shabbat of the Month, our Guru Nanak series. And with me, as always, I have Anikar. Anikar, Guru Fateh, thanks for being here. Guru Fateh Manpreet, to you and to our wonderful listeners, it's good to be back again in the month of February, right? The month of love? Yes, the month of love. And we actually have a very special Shabbat uh, for the month of love um, called The Ungraceful Bride. So, Inigar, please take it away. Thank you. Um, Kuchaji, The Ungraceful Bride. This is a Shabbat by Guru Nanak Sahib. It appears on Ang on page 762 of the Guru Granth Sahib. One reality realized by eternal perfection's grace. O life of life, O breath of breath, I am an unvirtuous bride and have a mirage of flaws. How can I expect a pleasure union from husband? O life of life, O breath of breath, one better than another, who even knows my virtues. O life of life, O breath of breath, those girlfriends who consummate with husband bask under the shade of the mango tree. O life of life, O breath of breath, I don't have those virtues. Who do I blame it on? O life of life, O breath of breath, which of your virtues do I express? Which quality do I describe? O life of life, O breath of breath, unattainable is even one virtue. I adore you eternally. O life of life, O breath of breath, gold Silver, pearls, and rubies are joy-giving. O life of life, O breath of breath. Master bestowed these things. I attached my consciousness to these things. O life of life, O breath of breath. I treated houses made of clay and stones as wealth. O life of life, O breath of breath, I was led astray by these assets. I did not sit alongside my husband. O life of life, O breath of breath, dark cranes have flown away, white herons are in the sky. O life of life, O breath of breath, the bride is leaving for her in-laws. What face will she reveal upon reaching there? O life of life, O breath of breath, I slept and slept. It turned into late morning. I forgot the path. O life of life, O breath of breath, then I was separated from you. My husband, 
I put myself in grief, O life of life, O breath of breath. You have all virtues, I, all faults. Nanak's one prayer, O life of life, O breath of breath. Virtuous bright lovers, enjoy all nights. Spare a night for this unvirtuous one. So Manpreet, this Shabbat is in the Suhi Rag, the Rag of deep love. This gives us an indication of the depth of love that is emanating from this Shabbat. I want to take a couple of moments and begin to talk about the title of the Shabbat, Kuchajji. While I've transcreated it as an ungraceful bride, it's not quite totally accurate. So I want to take the time and delve into this word. You know, in Punjabi, ku is a prefix which is used when you want to turn something that is positive into negative. Think about suput, which is a good child. Kuput is a bad child. So the Punjabi judge means the right way of doing things. The one or the one who knows the right way of doing things, um, the right manner, everything. And then we, when you add ku to it, in front of it, it becomes kuchaji, which is someone who doesn't know the right way of doing things, does not have the right manners. And in the context of this Shabbat, I guess it would mean not having the right lifestyle, Maybe because uh, the focus or the priorities aren't there. And you know, Guru is all about transformation. It's about transforming the kuchajis, the ones who do not know how to do things, to suchajis, the ones that do things in the right way. And then transforming them to gudmantis, the ones who are full of virtues. So Kuchajji, Suchajji and Gunvanti are three Shabbats that are in the same thread. Um, the first two are by Guru Nanak Sahib, and the third one is by Guru Arjan Sahib. You know, I was fascinated by these titles of these, of these three Shabbats. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get a deeper understanding of these titles. So I reached out to um, Sarandapal, our researcher at SICRI, and I want to share the gist of our conversation. I, you know, he said the word Kuchajji is only used twice in the Guru Granth Sahib in this way. And the word Suchajji also appears only twice in the Guru Granth Sahib. So even being this way is not the Sikh ideal. Being a Suchajji is not the Sikh ideal. Knowing the way or having the skill set is just a plus. It is not to be held as the ideal state to aspire to. It is when you are imbued with the divine qualities, the Gurna, then you transform into Gunvantis. And then you know you have arrived, and that's the stage the Guru wants you to be at. 
So it was quite uh, beautiful the way he explained it to me, and I was very moved and taken by it. Uh, it was a very interesting conversation. So, you know, when I was preparing for this podcast and I was thinking about it, and, you know, the party, the uh, the 21st party in the Japji Sab, you know, came to mind, Bin Gun Kite Bhagat Nahove. That means without inculcating virtues, the devotion doesn't enter. Now, devotion to me is love. That's the stage one wants to aspire to. So that love, that devotion doesn't enter without virtues. So there they are, the three stages. And, you know, this is an exercise which I do with myself. You know, this is, I gauge myself with this. Where am I in this spectrum? I mean, by no means of imagination is this an easy exercise. But I think for a seeker, it is vital that from time to time you do like a a spiritual check or a temperature check. You know, Kuchaji is one who doesn't know the right way of doing things. So where am I in this spectrum? Do I always know the right way of doing things? You know, I look at Suchaji as more of a, a developmental stage, that someone who is working towards it and is acquiring the the qualities or is seeking or wanting to um, to do that. And hopefully, as you keep developing that, that leads you to acquire some virtues. Maybe you acquire them along the way, and then you get to that Gunbanti stage where you are adorned, actually, yes, adorned with those virtues. They are your jewels. So I chose the word ungraceful over unvirtuous for Kuchaji. And the second word, you know, the ungraceful bride. So the second word in the title is the bride. And I use that because of the symbolisms that the Shabbat is laden with. I know, Manpreet, this was a bit long, but I felt it was important um, to take the time to explain that. And also, I think at this time, I want to explain my thought process behind <clears throat> translating the word geo, because you probably heard it repeated throughout the Shabbat, um, geo, which I have translated as um, life of life, breath of breath. Now, Jiyo appears as the last word in every line of the Shabbat. So when I was translating, you know, when I translate, I'm listening to the recording of the Shabbat. So it stays with me throughout the entire translation process. And, you know, it begins to resound within me. And it takes me to a different level, another level of understanding. At least this particular Shabbat did. And, you know, hearing the word Jiyo, it was like a wave upon wave of something that was touching the very core of me. Uh, it's not, it was not mere respect. This word, Geo, and the way it is sung and the way it is recited had, has elements of a deep yearning, a love, a deep love. But there's also a component of surrender in this Geo. At least that's what I heard. So therefore, I translated Geo as, O life of life, O breath of breath, which is, you are the life, capital L, of my life. 
you are the breath, capital B, of my breath. In other words, you are my everything. You are my life. You are my breath. That is what Geo means to me. You are my everything. You know, I may have taken creative poetic license here, and I'm sure of it. Not may have, I am sure of it. And I'm quite comfortable doing that. I know the purists may scream that I have sinned, but I'm equally sure the lovers will say she has loved. Someone prays, I leave that decision in the hands of our listeners, whether I have sinned or loved. We leave the jury out there. So any thoughts on this, Manpreet, before I begin with my understanding of the Shabbat? No, no. I I would love for you to tell us what what it's conveying. What does Guru Sahib here want to convey to us? Yes, uh, you know, it's my, my understanding. So Guru, Guru, um, Guru Sahib has revealed the Shabbat in the feminine voice. And it begins with the statement that I am a kuchaji, I am unvirtuous, I am ungraceful, and that my life is filled with unvirtues. I have many faults. How can I expect to have pleasurable union with my husband, Saho? That's the husband, which is a capital H. Now you know why I use the word bride in the title, because the analogy being presented throughout this entire Shabbat is through the lens or through the eyes of a bride wanting, seeking union with her husband, Saho. You know, we are all brides. And the divine, the creator is the husband. So the question to ask ourselves is what type of a bride are you? because that is also answered in this Shabbat. So let me just begin with, um, this is what I feel or felt, this is what I hear um, when I was working, when the Shabbat was really actually working on me. It becomes very personal. I hear this is a plea of a bride, that I am filled with flaws, with numerous flaws. I'm unvirtuous. I don't know how to speak, dress, or do anything right. And you know, my faults can no longer be hidden within me. The anger, the greed, they're all visible from far. So how will I, who am so unvirtuous, expect you, you, who are the life of my life, who you are the breath of my breath, to accept me, to enjoy me. And then the next line. There are so many beautiful beings, virtuous beings standing at your door. One is more beautiful than the other. Who am I? I have nothing. That stage of emptiness. And then those sakis, which are transferred as girlfriends, those sakis, those girlfriends, who through love have attained union with the husband, with the saho. They are sitting comfortably 
in a beautiful garden under the shade of the mango tree. Now the shade of the mango tree is supposedly cooler than the other trees and we all know that the fruit is much sweeter than the other fruits as well. So Jinnane Prem Nal, Pyaat Nal, Pati Prapat Kittai. There is no pain in their lives. That is why they are relishing, savoring this day. So let's talk about these Sakhis, girlfriends. Who are they? You know, for you and I, these are our fellow travelers. These are the ones you talk to because you know that they have something. They have achieved something or they have been blessed with something. And you want to talk to them. You want to hang out with them. These are the ones you want to get emotional support from. These are the ones who you want to go so they can create an environment for you, a state of mind for you, where you too can reach your end goal. Because it seems like to you that they have reached theirs and they are enjoying themselves with this union, with this connection to their husband, to their divine. They are pain-free. So, thought, which, which are your sakis? Which are your fellow travelers? Are these the ones you get emotional support for? To take you to the goal, if that is your goal, to have, to experience the divine, to be in that. So the next line is, but I have no virtues, and I feel the separation, and the fault is entirely mine. I blame no one. This is taking ownership. You know, we all make excuses because, well, we can't spend enough time because of work, family, etc. And we don't want, we cannot devote the time that we need to work on ourselves to acquire these virtues. Let's pause here. Unless we don't acknowledge the lack of virtues that, are, that we are missing, how can the desire even arise to want them? So this, I found this line to be really, um, you know, very thought-provoking, that I have no virtues and I feel the separation, but I blame no one else. I've been fault is entirely mine. That's a very powerful state of mind to be in. And you come to the next line, that you are the ocean of virtues. You are everything. You have everything. How I even describe you? I cannot. I do not have the words. That comes again and again in, in Barney, that there are no words. Indescribable is the narrative. Indescribable are your virtues. Uh, I'm not even worthy. I mean, I look at it. I'm not even worthy of thanking you for even one thing, that one gift. Just think about it. The gift of air, the gift of water, the gift of the sun. And this is that state of mind when your consciousness rises and you look beyond the material things, beyond the economics, the family, all these gifts. This is that vast state of mind when you become part of everything that is around you, the kudrat. And when that stage transpires, it's only then 
you become aware of the multitude of gifts that are being constantly bestowed on you. Here's a reality check. Do you check yourself? Are you aware of these gifts? Do you recognize them? Do you acknowledge them? Do you enjoy them? Or are you rushing from pillar to post, getting things done? So take a deep breath. Look around. Enjoy the gifts that are being showered on you. These moments are moments to be captured, to be treasured. Life is a series of memories. Make beautiful ones. And it's when you experience the state of mind, when you are recognizing the the abundance that is being bestowed on you without you asking for anything. It's just constantly being given to you. In that state of mind, the word Qurban comes out. It flows naturally. It is your head bowed. And that's what you do. And that translated Qurban as adoration. Because it is a stage you arrive when you're willing to do anything and everything. Because you are in love. That love that you are receiving, that love that, that you are experiencing being part of this vastness has put you in this state. And in this love, in this adoration, this is eternal. It cannot be broken. This stage is eternal. You know, love is eternal. So this is a beautiful and an amazing state of mind. One gets glimpses of it. It It's challenging, extremely challenging to be in this state 24-7. That is what one strives for, because one's had a glimpse, one's had a, one's had a taste for it, and one is constantly working to be in that state and working on themselves to be in that amazingly beautiful state of mind. And this is the true wealth. There's nothing more precious than that state of mind when you can experience that, even for a minute. Because it's very real. And you know the difference when you are in that state, what you feel, and when you're not. So the next line is, um, I've been bestowed with these gifts of gold, silver, pearls, rubies, and I got enamored by them. I got attached to the clay. The clay that builds the houses. I got attached to my houses. I got attached to the stones, which are the rubies and diamonds. I attached myself to all this. And I forgot you, the giver. Now, my hair is turning white. I'm coming to the end of my life without acquiring any of these virtues. How am I going to face my in-laws, meaning my husband's abode? What face am I going to show my creator, my husband? For I have no virtues. I have nothing. And here it is. The dark cranes have flown away. White herons are in the sky. 
want to take a few moments to delve into the symbolism that is being used here and a pos possible couple of interpretations as well. And if I go into the symbols of kunj, which is a bird, it's a bird that destroys crops. It is a symbol of death. So if you interpret it from that angle, that the angle of death, then both the kunj, the, uh, the bird, and the bug work together in the same direction, which is the crane, pointing to the same direction. There is no contrast that death is hovering over and the time has come to depart. What face are you going to show your creator's home, in, in your creator's home, that is in your in-laws? However, there's another possible interpretation, um, and this Surandapal and I were working on it and talking about it. Sukunj is also the bird who, which flies very high, so it's a symbolism of a detached spiritual flight. This bird is free from the bondage of materialism, has broken free, and therefore is flying high up in the sky, while the crane is attached to the fish, the materialism, and therefore is bound. Um, it's waiting and it's sitting for the next thing, for the next catch. So here in this interpretation, there's a contrast. And in this contrast, the question is being asked, which side do you want to be when you, the bride, go to your in-law's home? Do you want to be presented? as a kunj, free, or as a crane who is tied? And that's the question. So, um, you know, in Punjabi culture, Pekekar is the home which you were born and raised in. Uh, you were your parents and siblings, or and the Sora Kar is the one you go to after your marriage. So this is the metaphor that is being used here, that you're in your Pekakar, you're in your family home. So as long as you're living on this earth, without a connection or without a union with the divine, with the Saho, then you are in your home, that you have not established your divine connection. So think of this as a journey from the physical to the metaphysical. It is when this union has taken place that you are now in your in-laws. Before that, we are all the ones who are not who do not have the divine connection within us, are actually in our pekakar. We are in our family home. We haven't journeyed to our in-laws, to the home of the, our husband. And then there's a realization of one's actions, you know, in the next life, uh, next line that sets in. I lived my life in ignorance. The sleep, the darkness. There was no desire to meet you. I made no effort. And these actions of mine led me to the speeding of separation, and I put myself in pain. This is the pain of separation, and I do want to pause here because this pain of separation is not felt by everyone. But those who feel this pain then they are compelled to do something about it. Uh, Bhaivir Singh Ji has written a beautiful poem um, in it that the ones who have this kitsch, 
within their hearts, they are compelled. They don't, they no longer can sit. They are compelled to do something about it. But that compulsion only comes when you feel that pain of separation. That actually propels you to do something. So the last line of the Shabbat is, you have all the virtues. I am virtueless. And the Shabbat ends with a prayer, with an ardas. The virtue sahagani, sahagani is the word used. And I've hyphenated this word to bride lovers because not every bride is a lover. I wanted to pause here. In the beginning, I had asked the question, which type of a bride are you? Are you a lover? Those brides, those beings who are immersed in your love, enjoy your company your presence every night. And then spare a night for this ungraceful one. And this is something to ponder, which I really, you know, who is being called a bride here? And what is that definition of that bride? The one just, just you know, the one who's actually drenched in love. That is the bride. That is the Sohagani. And when you are drenched in love, you are Sada Sohagani, you're eternal. That love can never die, it can never go. It stays with you forever. So that uh, is my understanding of this exquisite, exquisite Shabbat. As you can tell, I have... Um, I've really taken my time in understanding and sharing because I felt it was important. Um, I, I felt that, not felt, I know I have grown because of it. Um, you know, it's taken me to multiple levels and I wanted to share that with our listeners. Your thoughts, Manpreet? Thank you for sharing that with us. This was very beautifully transcreated. I've read other I've read another translation of this and so this one actually uh, is a little more in depth and you kind of get the message what uh, Guru Nanak Sahib is trying to convey. So really appreciate your time, Surinder Paul's time on this. This is great. And you said that there is another part to this. Will the listeners, uh, are they going to be able to hear the next part to Kuchaji? Well, that's what I was, and that's a great thing that you asked. So, there, you know, the Kuchaji uh, is this one, and Suchaji is the next one, the one who knows the right way, and that's by Guru Nanak Sahib. And I am, um, you know, I want to, share that with our listeners the next month. But then there's another one, Gunbanti, which is by Guru Arjun Sahib. And I do want to share that one as well, because I think it is important that we have all three together, even though it is by Guru, Nanak, uh, Guru Arjun Sahib, because there's no difference in my, you know, there's no difference between the gurus. But it would be, uh, you know, a great thing for, the, for our listeners, and also for me, and for you, I think, if we did all three. So 
I want to be able to take that liberty and say, you know, the the, the Shabbat in April would be Gunbanti, which is of um, Guru Arjan Sahib. What are your thoughts on that? I think that'll be great because I've heard of Kuchaji and Suchaji. I've have not heard of Gunwanti, so it would be great if we could do that in April. Yeah, I think I, I think you know particularly because the way Surindapal explained it to me, he said, you know, it's not enough being um, Suchaji. Uh, and you know, a lot of us think that well, if we know the right way and we're doing the right things, that's enough. And he said, no, it's about Gunmanti. It's that stage when you acquire the, the, the virtues and you adorn yourself. And it's like, oh, gosh, right. you know. And that's what it is. The beauty of Barney is you're constantly learning. And when you are with, uh, with individuals who take you to that next level, it really is a high. You know, after, after spending time with him, you know, um, on uh, preparing for uh, this podcast, it was, I was on cloud nine. It was just incredible. So I wanted to share all that, what I experienced in, uh, with him, with our listeners, uh, that, you know, this, these podcasts are all about sharing. It's not about me wanting to do this, but me sharing and then you understanding and then you taking it to someone else and you know we all grow this way and each understanding and what we hear every time is a little different but it's beautiful and it's uh you know i look at this also manpreet you and i what we do it's satsang right uh, and it's, it's a lovely way to spend uh an hour or so in the evening while we re- while we do this podcast so thank you Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I know this podcast is going a little long, but I do want to ask you one question sure. on this. Um, and so from all the Sikhi workshops that have been done, has this Shabbat come up to explain something? Has this Shabbat come up for, um, I want to say, I'm very, I don't want to, I'm not a politically correct person, but I'm trying to be politically correct right now. Uh, I just Shabbat come up to, you know, for like women workshops or empowerment or something like that at all? Not that I know of, because I know when I began the translating process, um, I did ask, you know, I looked into the archive to see if this Shabbat had been done because, you know, you don't want to duplicate the work. You want to do, you want to add to the collection. And no, this hasn't come up. But I think this is a very important Shabbat to have come up. I've done it um, with, would you believe, uh, many years ago, I did the Shabbat with a group of uh, college students. And I had the uh, the men work in one room and the women work in the other room with the same Shabbat and I had them uh, write their reflection on it for the men I had them write their reflections in, in, in the female voice and it was interesting how they struggled and I wanted them to feel what it was like for Guru Sahib to have used this feminine voice to write this Shabbat and it was an interesting exercise. And one of them said, you know, the 
I couldn't use the words which I normally use. I was hesitant. And I said, why? I remember the conversation. It's a very young, you know, a very sensitive young man. And he said, because the words which I was using were not right. So I had to use words which I've never used. But it made me think of the my sisters in a different way. It made me think of the women in a different way. And I said, well, that was part of the exercise. That, and he, and he said, I slowed down because I was thinking more and every word was written with a lot of care. I mean, they just did two or three lines, but it was enough of an exercise that there was pin drop silence in the room while they were working because it was quite profound for them. And for the women, it was, um, there were a lot of tears for the women, the young girls, that they could not believe the sensitivity which was in this Shabbat and how true it was for them and how they felt unvirtuous and how they felt unloved and how could they expect love. So it was two very different reactions from the two groups. One, silence in awe, you know, struggling um, with themselves. And the other one, absolutely, that how could someone write something so beautiful that they were feeling in such depth? I'm glad you asked that. I'd forgotten about that. I did that in um, probably 15 years ago in... Um, in Florida, when I was in Florida, I was invited to do a, a workshop which the, with the college age group. I'm, you know, I must, um, yes, I want to bring that to Sikri. I want to see if we can do that in one of our sessions because it was very interesting. What would you, if you were in that class, Manpreet, struggle with? And if I said you had to write this, explain this in the feminine voice, write it as a woman, what you are hearing. Can you write, I am unworthy? What does that mean to you? No? So it was quite, um, and that's what it is. Until you are not shaken to your core, until you are not out of your comfort zone, you don't grow. And to get out of your comfort zone is hard. Believe me, it's quite painful. But it is a must if you want to experience anything that is profound. You need to come out of that comfort zone and take that leap of faith. And you don't know where it's going to land, but that leap must be taken. So the question is, are you brave enough? Do you want it? And then how badly do you want it? It was a long Very interesting. question. Yeah. yeah. No, if I if I read this in when I was in college, it would have definitely shaken me to the core. I would have never thought this something like this was in the Guru Granth Sahib to begin with in college. So, um, but uh, Inikar, I really, really appreciate your time. Appreciate your research. You and Surinder Paul, this is great. Uh, I hope the listeners here are looking forward to next month uh, when we do uh, transcreate the Suchaji Shabbat. So thank you for all your time and effort. Once again, a truly remarkable Shabbat. 
You're welcome. It was quite, um, I feel very blessed, honestly. I feel very blessed to be uh, to be doing this, to be in a position to be graced. I'm not a position, I would say. I'd like to use the word grace to do this and to be able to share it with everyone. It is a gift. I've been blessed and it just continues. So that's that. So Guru Fateh to all our listeners. Until next time. Thank you. Until next time. Very cool. Thank you.